Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. This turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned into what is this episode 140 or 139 of Do Rags and Bow Shoes? Uh, let me take a look here. Y'all know I am slow, I ain't all there at the top of the dome. Let's see here. Where are my shows at? Um, okay, so yeah, 139. I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. Um, we are here. You're rocking with the best. I'm a little bit late, but, um, you know, I've been dropping the shows a little bit later, which I like doing that. You know, I like recording and then um, just uh, editing later in the week, you know, and kind of giving y'all, you know, either giving it to you, you know, like on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Friday. I kind of like dropping like that, just kind of dropping randomly. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling uh, spontaneous. You know what I'm saying? Or it could be just be feeling fucking lazy. <laughs> Who knows what it is? But I'm here. Um, episode was supposed to drop. You know, usually normally on time they drop like Wednesday mornings, Wednesday mornings or Thursday mornings. Um, but my uh, my nephew came, so I am a uncle again. So uh, my brother just had his second little one. Uh, we welcomed uh, Caffrey into the world. Uh, a beautiful, beautiful boy. Um, me and my my youngest brother, my baby brother, we are seven and a half years apart. Right. So I led a pretty lonely life until he was born. Um, but I remember it like yesterday when he was born, and I'm telling you, this boy Caffrey, my nephew, he looks just like my brother carried him for nine months and you know just spit him right on out he looks just like my baby brother i wish i had a pic in my phone because i would post it on my instagram of a side by side of him and a calf and um it's uh this boy is huge big hands big feet big head he came out at eight pounds three ounces and uh when uh my wife was holding him uh he kept on like he, he figured out how to you know suck his thumb already he was hungry telling us he was hungry and uh he was only supposed to drink like half of his little bottle or whatever and this boy was just born and he drunk that whole bottle it was a whole bottle of uh like a little um uh newborn bottle of um of uh was that similac they still call it similac yeah and uh he just downed it just killed it and he was happy and then he got it got to opening up his eyes he kept on like peeking at me and stuff and the cutest thing is with my niece kai uh she will be three in february so she's two now and uh she so she comes into the and this this was the the cutest thing she comes into the uh the um delivery room or the uh the nursing room where her mama is chilling and uh my mama is there my brother's there and me and the wife 
and uh, she comes in with her cousin, and she just gets, she just starts looking at everybody. She, my niece, gets very bashful. I don't know why she do this, but it, it don't matter who it is. You know, been around us a billion times. But if it's a lot of people, she just gets real bashful. You know, she starts putting her hand over her face and, you know, she don't want nobody to look at her for a second. So it takes her a minute to warm up. So I had these toys for her. Um, it was a couple of um, a couple of uh, blocks, building blocks. And then um, some damn. Uh, let me see here. God damn. Who are these people hitting me up? Oh, okay. You ever get added to a goddamn Facebook group chat on Messenger and you just like, who was these niggas? You know what I'm saying? It's like your homeboy, he adds you to a group chat with his other homeboys, but you don't know them homeboys and you just like, oh, jeez Louise. But anyway, that's just happened. I just had like seven messages just pop up just now. I'm sorry about that. I thought that was family or something hitting me up. That was an emergency. See all these damn notifications rolling up. But anyways... So I pull out these building blocks and uh, then we got my niece this little tablet thing that uh, you draw on. It's like a battery powered uh, tablet and it's you just draw on it. That's it. It doesn't do anything else. But the cool thing about it is like them, uh, them, uh, them drawing pads from like the, you know, from the 90s, you know, from when I was a kid that was gray and had a sheet of plastic over it and you drew over it and it made darker gray lines and shit but then when you lifted the plastic up it erased it so it's kind of like that but it's battery powered it uses one of those little watch batteries so you draw all over it then it has one button and it's a trash can button you hit that and it erases everything on the screen so you can keep on drawing back so she fell in love with that so as soon as that happened then her then her cousin was trying to take it which is uh my brother's uh lady's um sister's kid so her nephew or whatever he was trying to take it and so she was hooting and hollering but uh but after she played with the toys and calmed down and stuff and then she was then i was like you want to go see your baby brother and she was like baby brother and and then she uh went over there and uh she grabbed the bottle when uh <coughs> that he was feeding off of and she tried to shove it in his mouth and that was just the funniest thing but then she started drawing little pictures for him as he was like sleeping and she was like she was like baby brother see 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 and she, it was just the cutest thing the cutest thing ever and uh man my heart just melted just seeing that you know because she's only like i said she'll be three in february so she's just two now and uh and it was just the cutest thing like once she you know once she calmed down and you know got past her anxiety she she just knew that her baby brother was there and that's all she kept doing was just drawing him little pictures and stuff and saying pointing at him and saying you know she was sitting on my lap and she just kept on pointing at him she's like my baby brother baby brother and i just oh man my heart just melted melted a million times I ain't nothing but a big old softy when it comes to the the kids in my family, you know. Um, let's see what's, but that's just my story, you know. So, you know, Caffrey being here, uh, little Q, um, you know, being here, it cut into my recording time. But fuck y'all, I had to be there for the young prince. Y'all know that. Y'all know I love y'all, but I love I love my family a little bit more, just a little bit more than y'all. So let's uh go ahead and get started on that good old summer jam screen um so amazon announced that they are going to start paying their workers uh, a decent wage of 15 dollars an hour so uh 
I know there was a bunch of uh, articles out there that was kind of shitting on Bernie Sanders after the presidential, um, you know, after the cheetah on chief took over and he started, you know, beefing with uh, Bezos or whatever. And, uh, you know, saying that these workers need a lead a living wage and all this other shit so it's like voila here you go here's 15 bucks an hour and uh here's the problem though people are speculating that amazon will do a freeze of um a freeze of of damn uh, wages so for like people who are already making over $15 an hour they uh you know they might not get their annual raises or something like that and then they might lock down bonuses or something like that just so everybody can be at $15 an hour so that's kind of that's kind of a shitty thing to do um but then you start seeing like uh but let me go back to your man Bernie Sanders uh, people were writing these articles talking about he's picking the wrong fight by beefing with uh you know Bezos and Amazon and all of a sudden boom took a little time and uh here we are 15 bucks an hour so i mean shout out to those workers for getting 15 bucks an hour um because working in a job like that like being an order selector or order picker and you have to you know hit these outrageous numbers you really gotta be fit you really do you have to be about that be about that life because i used to do that shit part-time when i was saving up for the house when i was doing uh trash i used to uh work at a food warehouse here for um a local chain of grocery stores and we used to ride around on a damn electric pallet jack and you had like this headset on with a microphone and you had to you know say your coordinates where exactly you was at and how many of this item you were picking and you always had this robot in your ear telling you where to go and you know what section to go to and you know how to you know pick the pick the damn uh, how many to pick of uh, and i would always be in like wet produce which sucked and i worked there um you know during uh it was after the new year so i was there during a uh, goddamn um saint patty's day and they had me in wet produce and uh those cases of cabbages would be like 50 pounds and i would have to make like a pallet of 40 of them all the fucking time and that sucked horribly just tossing around 50 pounds of cabbage over and over and over again you know what i'm saying it wasn't one of those where it'd be like a full pallet of cabbage it'd be like oh you need 10 purple cabbages and then it'd be like you need 10 green cabbages and you're like oh, are you fucking serious and then you would throw other stuff on top like avocados and shit like that and then we would um <coughs> excuse me we would also um had fr i had freezer too and you would have this thing that was about the size of about a say about a six foot uh, tall pallet uh, I could see to the top of it well, it was about no it was a little bit taller than me so it was probably about about almost seven feet tall uh, pallet and you would um it would be like it was like a big ass like uh, bin like a tall bin and you would have to uh, stick like ice cream in there and the shit and the goddamn freezer would be at negative two degrees so you have on you know you have on some pants long sleeve shirt and then you would have on like these coverall things like they were like overalls padded overalls and then you would throw on a hoodie over the overalls then you would throw on a coat and then you throw on your ski mask and then you would throw on a beanie on top of that to go in there and then you have on your gloves and that sucked 
that sucked. You got paid like an extra dollar an hour doing that, but you would come out in the moisture from your mouth from speaking, telling the, the system how many you picked. Uh, you know, you would have crystals all over your mask and all over your eyelashes too from sweating in there, but at the same time, it's freezing up. And you come out of there and you just be freezing, boy. And that sucked. But the money, the money was, it was all right. It was like $13.50 an hour. But I got that dollar shift differential. So it was like $14.50. But if you hit, if you exceeded your numbers, you got a $150 bonus. So I wasn't doing too bad for part-time. And I would always exceed my numbers to get that $150 bonus every week. So it wasn't too bad. And, it, and all that money was just going straight into my savings account when I was saving up for the house. But... Shit, I only did that. I only did that with about four to. It was about no, it was about six months. I was there about half a year, but that shit sucked. So I, I feel that I feel their pain, like because Bernie Sanders he had a like a town hall meeting or something with uh, those Amazon order pickers, those order selectors, and they were talking about how they feet hurt and shit like that, and how it was impossible to hit those numbers and shit like that. And shit, we was riding on electric pallet jacks, and I mean you could hit those numbers, but you had to cheat like you, sometimes you could print out your orders and you know uh to look ahead and you would just start picking that stuff right away you know what i'm saying during your downtime and then you would you know start and then you would you know just keep on saying next and all this other shit until you got done but you you, you just be hauling ass the whole time and a lot of times so you're working a 10-hour shift but then if somebody called in everybody had to pick up that person's slack so then they would extend it an extra two hours so at the end of the night you think you've done and they're like oh such and such called in we need everybody over to dry produce or to the dry side or some shit like that so you're beasting out those orders too and you're just like man this fucking sucks and they would pay you you know extra for doing that but you just like god damn like can i get a fucking break here but that sucked you would i would work you know, on my trash route, knock that out, work from fucking, you know, 5.45 in the morning till, you know, maybe 4 o'clock and then go to the warehouse, go to the food warehouse from like 6 to, uh, to, uh, I was part-time, so I was 6 to, uh, I was 6 to midnight, come home, go to sleep for, come home, eat, sleep for, you know, maybe four hours, get up, head to work and just do that all and it just sucked but only i worked part-time but only worked what was it thursday through sunday or whatever did that four days out the week but because saturday sunday i was off from the trash gig and i would work a full 10 so i worked 20 hours on the weekends and that oh man that would suck but i was grinding i was grinding i, I was determined you know to put extra money in my savings account i mean sometimes you just have to you, you look back and you're like, how the fuck did I do that? You know what I'm saying? It's just, wow, just amazing. But as far as these wages go, I went off on a little bit of a tangent. But um, as far as those wages, that wage freeze, uh, this, you know, all these people are speculating about. I hope it isn't true. I hope they just do right by these people because this man, uh, Bezos, is making money hand over fist. I mean, just he got more money than anyone needs. You know what I'm saying? He just, he can, you know, he his his great great grandkids won't even have to worry about working at all. You know, it's just wow, just amazing. But hopefully, it don't turn into no slime bucket bullshit like that. But you know, this is America. It's a capitalistic country that preys on the weak and the poor. So 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that does happen, if they freeze wages and, you know, try to cut out other benefits like raises and things like that for people who are already making over 15 bucks an hour. Um, let's see here. There was a story that broke in early October. Uh, nobody really paid attention to it. It was just on local news stations in Tennessee. Uh, there was two guys pulled up to a UPS facility and they uh, with a U-Haul and they stole about four, uh, over 400 guns. Came into the facility, knew that knew where they was gonna be at in the crates and all this other shit, you know, getting ready to be shipped out, or they were at the processing center at UPS, and they backed that U-Haul up and just boom, just skated on out with it. So the Tennessee, uh, you know, uh, the local government there, the local law enforcement uh, agencies there in Tennessee was worried because there is you know high crime areas like in memphis and um nashville and, and shit like that uh they were worried about you know hitting the streets there so i just kind of sat on it i sat on the story a little bit because i was going to talk about it in uh, episode 138 uh, a little bit but then i was just like well let me see what happens you know what i'm saying because you know, maybe it's going to pop up somewhere, somewhere weird. And I had a feeling that it was going to pop up somewhere and it did. So just two days ago <clears throat> on Monday, because I'm recording on Wednesday, on Monday uh, was at the 8th story started coming out again by local news that they caught one of the guys and they recovered all the guns. And guess where they found him at? In a suburb of Chicago. Those fools drove back west to uh, Chicago. That's where they found those 400 guns at, in a suburb in Chicago. Now you tell me, why did they do that? This is why I'm trying to piece some shit together. Because uh, remember, there was a video circulating um, on black Twitter and on black Facebook and, you know, just different shit like that. Uh, amongst the uh, the the conscious folks and some other folks who you know who kind of dibble dibble dabble in the consciousness, um, there was a video uh, circulating and there was a guy talking about it was an older clip, uh, but it was a guy talking about how they would just find crates of guns just kind of chilling in the alleys and uh, or on the side of the train tracks. They would just you know and a lot of times they just be chilling in the hood. You know, in uh, you know, kind of tougher areas, uh, areas or gang-related uh, territories, there would just be crates of guns, just boxes of guns, just sitting out there. People would say that, and uh, then you had the neighboring uh, state. What is that? Indiana, that has uh, relaxed um, gun laws, and somehow they just kind of come across the border, you know, into Illinois, and all, they just make their ways to Chicago, and and this is just this is me putting on a tinfoil hat you know getting my speculation on but there is something going on in chicago where there is some kind of organized crime family that's you know kind of running guns and drugs through chicago because this just ain't happening by coincidence you telling me two dudes go to a ups facility and the brother the one that they caught was a brother i don't know who the other guy was i think but it looked like on the surveillance camera it was another black dude with them but these two brothers just had the bright idea okay let me just let me figure out where these guns are at 
somehow got tipped off. They they go to Tennessee, steal them at the UPS facility, drive head back west, and just chilling in a suburb in Chicago. That's where they recovered those guns at. That's wild. And now and then you wonder, you know, we always talking about, you know, everybody using Chicago as the new what about black on black crime, but you just see shit happen like this, but it's not making it to like the national news. You know, nobody's talking about that. They'll definitely talk about, you know, 70 some people got shot over a weekend or something like that. But nobody's going to talk about, uh, you know, the ATF, the federal agents recovered 400 guns that were stolen in Tennessee and somehow find found their way to Chicago. There is something going on. There is some kind of organized crime family, you know, running guns and drugs through Chicago. And they're locked in with local law enforcement and the local government in Illinois and the city of Chicago. It has to be something fishy is going on and that this whole story is just fishy as fuck right just fishy as all damn get out so i don't know what's going on y'all connect the dots i'm still just i'm just mesmerized because i just had a feeling when those 400 guns got stolen when i saw the story last week I was just like, I bet you somehow, some way, they're going to find themselves, they're going to find their way, them pistols and them, them machine guns and shit like that, semi-automatics, um, are going to find their way to uh, Chicago somehow, some way. And I called it. I, and I feel like I should have, I should have put that, sh I should have talked about it on 138 and then updated y'all on 139. But I just wanted to sit on it and see what happened. But I had a feeling in my gut that somehow, some way, it was going to find its way into Chicago. It's wild. Fucking wild. All right, let's see what else I got up on this good old Summer Jam screen. Uh, let me pull up this link right here. Give me just a second. So it looks like um, Toys R Us is gearing up to make a damn comeback. Let me read this press release to y'all. Give me just a second. So the press release came out last week. And it says... Uh, Jeffrey LLC's assets to be acquired by secured lenders. Um, let's see here. So there is a company that actually took over the assets. Uh, assets. I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, uh, assets of uh, you know Jeffrey LLC, which is Babies R Us and Toys R Us, and um, they're actually they did a little bit of study, went over the portfolios. I'm not gonna read this whole press release. Um, but they're saying that they believe that there are markets for these stores, which is like, duh. Like when we found out that they were closing, everybody's like, are you fucking serious? Cause I tell you something, kids love going to Toys R Us. I don't, I don't care how many tablets they got. If you say, let's go to Toys R Us, they gonna be with the shits. And you know, the weirdest thing now with kids do, like my nephews do this, they'll um, just watch videos of uh kids playing with toys or opening toys uh unboxing videos and that's just the weirdest shit to me but it's like where are you gonna get the boxes now from since toys r us is closed like you gonna deal with amazon like uh they kind of treating their employees like shit let's just go to toys r us and i mean it's just a day trip and toys r us are mainly you know located in their shopping malls or other stores for adults to enjoy so it's always that thing where it's like, you know, you bribe your kids like, hey, we're going to go shopping and all this and we'll go to Toys R Us. And then you, you know, you go to the adult stores first and then you like, here's your, you know, you can get something, you know, under 20 bucks 
you know, at Toys R Us, you know, for being good, you know, and that's what the kid has has forward to look has to look forward to while they're shopping. You know what I'm saying? And Babies R Us was always clutch, uh, you know, for getting gifts, you know, for uh, baby registries and things like that, and uh, baby showers. I'm sorry for baby showers. But um, I know towards the end, Toys R Us started getting a little damn high though. I think they were trying to, you know, keep them damn lights on. Cause I remember, uh, was it last Christmas? Last Christmas when we were getting my uh, my nephews, which is you know on my wife's side, uh, we we're getting uh, there's them some like Legos and things like that. I was just like, these on these ain't comparable to Target and Walmart prices. And these is like three dollars more. Like what they trying to do here? But uh, we had some sort of coupons and things like that to kind of worked it out. Yeah. So this uh, this uh, company. Uh, let's see here. What's the name of this company? Um, let's see here. A Boston-based consensus, some kind of investment bank. Uh, they retain the assets of the Jeffrey LLC. They're not telling the name of it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, but they did some kind of some some sort of study, and they just basically said they're gonna um, in the U.S. and abroad. Uh, they believe that they can bring back you know these iconic brands in a new and reimagined way. So they said they're gonna provide additional detail on this front as it becomes available. So I think that's some pretty good news, maybe for me, because I grew up being a Toys R Us kid. So. We'll see what happens, but man, do y'all remember KB Toys? Maybe that was just an Omaha thing, but KB Toys, that used to be the shit too. And um, yeah, yeah, then Toys R Us came in the game and kind of crushed them out the building and shit like that. But anyways, um, you know, we got a lot of political things going on right now. So before we wrap up this good old Summer Jam screen, uh, hopefully everybody across the U.S., I know most of my listeners are here in my home state in nebraska and in my city omaha more particularly uh black omaha i see y'all and i appreciate y'all but uh for my listeners abroad hopefully you guys are all registered to vote um and i'll need all of y'all to remember and i want y'all to let your uh your your, your older uh, family members know and the younger ones who ain't who ain't driving or you know license could be suspended who knows what's going on you know ain't got a car or nothing and can't get to the polls y'all need to remember that uber will give you a ride to the polls they will give free rides to the polls all you have to do is create an account that's all you have to do is create an account with uber and uh they will go ahead and give you a ride to the polls <coughs> so make sure y'all let everybody know that in your family because you know this is huge it's midterm elections you know uh these are the elections that makes the most impact you know voting locally you know, so you can change what's going on in the judicial system and, you know, in your local government, you know, for senator, for Congress and, uh, you know, in governor races, too. OK, so uh, just keep that in mind. Please, 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 please make sure you go out and vote. Uh, make sure that you get people on your side, you know, and uh, make sure that you are voting with an agenda. You know, we're folks are going to get pretty damn desperate. And I'm talking about uh, not us, but these candidates are. So make sure uh, there's always town hall meetings going around uh, your city. So uh, just make sure you check out, you know, your local, um, you know, your city's uh, 
uh, city's webpage or go check out the candidates. Uh, there's a lot of town hall meetings going on and they making all these promises and shit. And uh, they're getting pretty desperate because it's getting down to crunch time. So this is when you kind of, you know, get your uh, Mr. Burns on, you know, excellent. You know, uh, you know, and kind of strike a deal with them and let them know like, hey, what the fuck you going to do for my particular group of people? Because we're ready to give you our vote. But if not, you can, you know, get your, you know, keep your ass working at goddamn Krispy Kreme Donuts. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever they fucking doing before, you know, they trying to run for public office. You know what I'm saying? So just keep that in mind. Vote with an agenda. And uh, always, always make sure you check it, check out uh, the candidates' websites and see what they stand for and what they believe in. And, uh, you know, always look at if it's somebody running for re-election, see how they voted on, uh, the, on Capitol Hill and what did they vote for and what did they stand for. You know, and don't, do not, do not be you know politically immature when you go into those polls you know you can always have your cell phone with you you know have your little notes pulled out and you know this is who i'm voting for and this is what i believe in and shit like that and create private facebook groups you know with like-minded people like you and you know start pulling those people together so just keep that in mind but this is a very important election because uh, you know it's, it's all local and it's all going to affect you directly you know what I'm saying? So just keep that in mind. And my nigga Hove, let me know if you voting. Don't be the next get tested on that Summer Jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right. Thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely intro selling Hope Like Dope. I left that $3 under the doormat by the uh, back door for your players. So you go ahead and let yourself out and don't take nothing because boo will bite your ass. All right, so moving on to selling hope like dope. Uh, we have to give it to the Bel Air uh, police force in uh, Ohio. And Bel Air is in Ohio, uh, just 150 miles south of Cleveland. So this uh, police force, why are they selling hope like dope uh, out here bullshitting? So uh, they decided to hire uh, Timothy Loman as a uh, part-time officer. Now, if you don't know the name Timothy Loman, do you know the name Tamir Rice? Okay, that is the officer. Timothy Loman is the officer who killed Tamir Rice. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where you're just like, what the fuck? So the chief of police of Bel Air said that um, Timothy Loman deserves a second chance. Now, remember, uh, Timothy was not fired at all or found, uh, you know, negligent of, uh, you know, for killing or found guilty of killing uh, Tamir Rice. You know, a grand jury wouldn't indict him. They would not indict him. <sighs> Excuse me. They wouldn't indict him. And uh, because some expert reviewed the video and said that, uh, you know, uh, he did right by firing a service weapon. But what's even crazier is later on uh, down the line, was it just last year um, that Cleveland Police Department uh, decided to fire Loman, citing that he was unfit for duty. OK, so they didn't fire him for being unfit for duty for killing that little black boy, Tamir Rice. But he did something, I think, lied on the application or something like that or he lied about being fired from a different police uh, department before uh, the Cleveland one. So then the Bel Air uh, police chief was like, oh, he deserves a second chance. OK, yeah, let's give him a second chance, uh, which is some bullshit, because that's the same thing that happened with um, 
um, shit, what is that cop's name that killed uh, Mike Brown? It is on the tip of my tongue. Um, Darren Wilson, who got that $2 million from all them racist, uh, bigoted-ass folks who threw up that GoFundMe and it raised millions of dollars, and now he's just chilling somewhere. Um, but yeah, he actually got fired from a different police department, and then he got hired uh, at the Ferguson uh, Police Department afterwards, because they thought he deserved a second chance and some bullshit like that, and you see what happened. Uh, so these folks don't get fired, they just get transferred. That's all that happens. Uh, but funny thing is, um, Tamir's mother, Sam- Samaria Wright, uh, she was about to hold a, a press conference um, today uh, with the uh, Cleveland chapter of Black Lives Matter, uh, getting ready to give that Bel Air Police Department hell and uh, denounce the hiring of uh, Timothy Lohman. And Timothy Lohman didn't want that smoke. So he just withdrew his application to being a part-time officer. He just was declined the job. And, um, and that's just from pressure uh, from, uh, you know, Samaria and, uh, you know, that local chapter of Black Lives Matter. And uh, I think he was online and looking at all the hell that he was catching and shit like that. And it just didn't sit right with his spirit because he know what he did was evil and wrong. He knows that. And it's probably just sitting up eating them. You know, that's all it is. You know, he should have did like Darren Wilson and Wilson and threw up a GoFundMe and let them bigots, you know, give him a few million dollars, a couple million dollars so he could skate off somewhere and hide like a fucking punk. So, uh, but just shame on that Bel Air uh, police uh, department, you know, just shame on it up and down and try to give this man another chance, a second chance when the major city in that state already said that he was unfit for duty that's what selling hope like dope looks like you know you see an officer get fired you're like oh okay cool and all of a sudden he's hired you know less than 200 miles away at a different police department to patrol a suburb that's disgusting it's disgusting just how you know you see these uh, law enforcement agencies just look out for their own kind very disgusting that's been selling hope like dope this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right thank you so much to myself for that lovely intro of holding this l uh before i start on hold this l um let me know what y'all think about uh i came in squeaky on that let me know what y'all think (laughs) but uh seriously let me know what y'all think about uh, the rock is uh set to uh play john henry in a netflix original film so he's gonna you know if y'all don't know the story of john henry y'all need to go look it up uh it's uh african american folklore uh, uh tall tale as you see, he's right up there with Paul Bunyan. What Paul Bunyan is to white kids is what John Henry is to black kids. Let's just put it like that. All right. Um, basically, the story of, a, he, you know, he worked on the railroads and then they were going to replace uh, all the uh, railroad workers with a machine, a steam machine. They could, you know, lay tracks and, you know, hit the nails, uh, you know, faster and do more work than the men and 
John Henry raced it and he beat it, but then he died at the end. John Henry is about that life, though. He was a big, big man. And uh, I remember reading that. We would read that story all the time in my uh, grade school. All the time. I went to, uh, it was King Primary. It was called King Primary Center at the time. And King Primary was dope because uh, all along the walls, and, and they still do it to this day, uh, they just have just well-known black folks, you know, throughout history. And it's in a black neighborhood, poor neighborhood where I grew up at. But, you know, we would always learn about, you know, black folks uh, all throughout the year. Just all throughout the whole school year. We would learn about black folks. And it wouldn't just be, you know, that month of February. We would always learn about them. Just from athletes to scientists to uh, professors. Uh, to businessmen and women we just always did and then they would all be around the whole school like you know how a lot of schools have like the abcs up on the walls and shit like that it this just had prominent black folks through the whole school whole last school all through the hallways um just uh, uh outlining the racetrack like the main walkway all through it all through it and they still do it to this day which is dope i don't know about the curriculum but that was that was always dope and but every year i think because it went from kenny kindergarten to i was about to say kindergarten but kindergarten to uh third grade and uh up until like yeah up until second grade they read they read it to us up until second grade we would have that and then third grade uh i think there was a cartoon movie we watched about john henry but john henry is the paul bunyan of black folks uh, you know, when it comes to folklore and tall tales and things like that. But The Rock is set to play him along with other, um, uh, you know, uh, tall tale characters, you know, uh, from around the globe. Um, and it's going to have that Jumanji director who directed The Rock in the second Jumanji. But people have an issue with it uh, because, you know, The Rock, you know, he always plays a character who's like colorless. You know what I'm saying? It's just like he can be in those white spaces and those uh, and those uh, black spaces. He's kind of the embodiment of like do rags and boat shoes, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like how I named the show, just how black folks have to, you know, you have your do rag and you have your boat shoes, and you have to just, you know, especially being black in America, you have to have that duality. Um, and I was talking about that on uh, the Champagne Sharks because that's how those guys kind of named it after that, just kind of that duality and things like that, being like a sophisticated shark and, you know, just having to know how to play the game the correct way to get ahead in, uh, in, uh, in this uh, fucked up society in America, right? Um, but most folks, including myself, I kind of feel like they should have got a darker brother to play that because... I mean, John Henry just was, you know, this big-ass black dude, but, you know, he wasn't somebody who could pass for, you know, something else. So, I don't I don't know. I just kind of feel like it's fucked up, like I'm kind of, you know, being a bigot towards my own people, you know what I'm saying? But The Rock just plays so many characters that are, like, colorless, you know what I'm saying? Like, he blacked it up, uh, you know, this season in Ballers and shit like that. Like, you have little shades of it, and he was dating a black woman this season, but i don't know it's just a lot of times he just kind of plays those weird roles where he's just like 
you know he's he's with a white woman and then they have like a lily white kid and you're just like well where your black jeans come in at this with this child you know it's just like oh you're just a white man with a tan and this big ass Samoan tattoo <laughs> you know on your arm so it's very odd but I mean we'll see how it plays out um I know he announced it because I because I, I follow him on um on instagram and he was talking about it and i was like what the fuck you playing john henry like two hammer john henry who beat the steam uh roller the the steam engine uh machine like nah then i did i saw it on twitter black folks was going off about it like i named a few people that could play him like terry cruz or the brother who plays um <coughs> luke cage uh, mike coulter and the brother who played uh, Comanche in season two of uh, of uh, of uh, fucking uh, Luke Cage, he, he would have been a great play for him. He used to play in the NFL. I forgot the brother's name. It's, it's slipping me right now. But yeah, that brother who played Comanche, uh, he could have definitely played John Henry. But I was talking talking with my wife about it, and she was like, "Well, you know, it ain't about that. They just trying to draw people in because of the Rock and his name and things like that." And I was just like. I guess that's true because it's going to be a Netflix original and I guess they're just trying to be on the Will Smith tip and use another big star to bring them in. But eh, I don't know. Just let me know how y'all feel about that. Um, also, I forgot to talk about this on the Summer Jam screen. Um, did y'all see that video of that brother? He has like an after school program and he had two little white kids with him. And uh, the cops uh, got called on him by, you know who, a white woman called the cops on this brother he runs like an after school type program and he had two kids with him and uh he took them to lunch like he picked them up from school and he took them to walmart to eat you know at the subway they had a little subway in there and they went to stop and get gas and i think they were on their way back to his um to his center you know he has a center so he runs an after school program he's a teacher and he runs like an after school program and uh and it's like slash babysitting and stuff like that you know it's one of those after school programs where i believe it helps kids and then you know it kind of helps the parents also to you know uh like with babysitting costs and shit like that and so uh this white woman saw this negro man with these two little caucasian angels and uh she saw him at walmart and uh she just started following him they went to the gas station to get some gas uh you know he was pumping gas and he saw the woman there they were driving through a neighborhood and uh she called the cops that white woman called the cops on this brother and uh for fear of them kids and then the cop looks annoyed he gets out and then he's asking the damn kids to step out the car and he's up there uh you know are you okay are you okay he keeps asking him are you okay and shit like that and um you know and the brothers explain just explaining away just explaining away in them situations you do have to explain yourself um you know uh especially if it's a white cop you know just being on some bullshit he already don't want to be there and you know and then he's just surprised that the brother got his own business the brother's like yeah i gotta you know i'm a i run an after school program you know and these these kids have been with me a bunch of times and yada 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 and he's like oh you do, you do have a program he's like yes and i have a building i have a center and he's like oh you have a center you know he's just shocked that this brother got his own business he's like oh shit this is legit and um but he but what bothers me is just how many times he keeps on asking them kids are they okay you know what i'm saying and uh 
but the reason that i wanted to check this out because the video was on facebook and i love facebook facebook just lets you know who's a bigot and who's not you know what i'm saying who's in who's a who's an an, an agent of the system you know so you got black folks in there they like oh that's fucked up and da 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 and you know if this was a white man with some black kids nobody would question it and um you know all this other shit and uh or and people are just like if it was a white woman with some black kids they wouldn't question it at all and you know typical responses but every single and it was on like democracy now or something like that or democrats occupy or occupy democrats some some bullshit some far left fucking site or something somebody shared on my timeline or my news feed not my timeline um and i and i'm just scrolling through and every single white person on there is just is talking about the officer was just doing his job he was just doing his job <laughs> the woman was concerned about the safety of those kids and he had nothing to hide <laughs> he was just doing his job and i fucking love it i mean these folks stay on code fucking 24 7 365 366 in a leap year just always all of them coded up every single comment from these folks defending the cop and this woman he's just doing his job she was just concerned and black folks are typing out dissertations and making up scenarios and shit like that i'm gonna tell you something racism white supremacy doesn't deal with logic it is illogical illogical like even going back like like let's take this scenario and go back to uh slavery times they wouldn't even bat an eye they the 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 slave owners loved having black folks take care of their kids they loved it to the utmost degree i remember uh there was a woman on twitter auntie og uh she was she this was about a month ago she found something on facebook and it was these old white folks talking about in the pre-Jim Crow or the Jim Crow South about how they would have black nannies and how they miss them so much. She like found this weird ass Facebook group page or whatever. And these white folks were just so reminiscent about having these black mammies love and care for them better than their own mama and shit like that. And, you know, it just doesn't make sense, right? If these, if black folks are these dangerous, hypersexualized creatures, um, why would you have them around your children? You know, and then you look at even further, black folks been lazy since they stopped being slaves. But then we're taking all the welfare, but at the same time, we're eating up affirmative action and, and taking all the jobs. It just, white supremacy makes no sense. The system of racism, white supremacy makes no sense. It's illogical to the utmost degree. It's so illogical that it just makes sense to them. And it's goofy as fucking hell right it's goofy as fucking hell just as long as the majority which is dwindling away can stay on top that's what it boils down to but it's such an illogical system but uh, just seeing these black folks just trying to explain away and they know that this woman was wrong they know the cop was wrong they know it deep down inside they know it but it's just putting on this this fucking facade to just 
I'm white and I say so. That's what it boils down to. Cop was doing his job. The lady was a concerned citizen. That's the end of it. You see what I'm saying? It is goofy as all get out. The man is wearing a t-shirt with his company on it to identify himself. But still, this cop is asking a million times if these kids are okay. It's the silliest shit. Silliest shit, right? And then we have to get to hold this L, right? So holding this L, we have to give it to Bette Midler, right? Because I told you racism, white supremacy makes no sense. It makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense on the right. It makes no sense on the left. <coughs> Excuse me. It makes no fucking sense. And here's a perfect example of liberal racism, right? So you had Bette Midler. She went and tweeted this, this weak-ass Yoko Ono quote that uh, basically said that women are the n-words of the world so women are the niggers of the world raped beaten enslaved married off worked like dumb animals denied education and inheritance enduring the pain and danger of childbirth and life in silence for thousands of years they are the most disrespected creatures on earth people called her out well, what about black women like Cree Summers? Uh, you have to protect Cree Summers. We really have to. She she's a major key, right? So she responded like, "What about black? Well, well, then what about black women or what are black women, right?" And then Bette Miller was like, "Fuck all y'all. Let me double down. Let me double down on this. Uh, let me double down on this goddamn these pair of jacks at this blackjack table." These pair of jacks. It's already I already got 20, but I know I'm about to hit this ace with this one right here. I'm a double down, right? I she tweeted out, I gather I have offended many by my last tweet. Women are the et, dot 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 an ellipsis, etc. is a quote from Yoko Ono from 1972, which I never forgot. It rang true then and it rings true today. Whether you like it or not, this is not about race. <laughs> this is about the status of women, their history. Um, now this just, it's not about race, but women are the niggers of the world, right? So who are the niggers? I was waiting for an answer. I was, but this is what liberal racism looks like. This is, you think she thought she was killing them when she was tweeting this out. She thought she was killing them and it got... It, you know, before she deleted it, it, it got about twelve and a half thousand likes. So there were some other white women who was like, "Oh, this shit is deep. This is really deep." Because I do feel like a nigger today with this Kavanaugh shit. I just feel like a dirty, filthy black nigger. I know how the niggers feel. <laughs> like that's that's exactly what what's what was going on in the mind. They feel like black people. But then let me double down. This ain't about race. She had Bette Miller had to double down and say this ain't about race, not at all. So then people just kept on calling out her bullshit, and then she was just like, "Oh, I didn't think about black uh, women because they have it doubly bad because they're women and they're black. So being black is a curse." God damn! Thank you, Bette Miller. I did not know that. I did not know that. I did not know that black women had it twice as hard in America. I did not know that. I did not. Thank you for letting me know that. You know, and another way that uh, liberal racism works is, you know, in in this, um, before I get to that point, let me just say this. A lot of these white feminists, white women feminists, they don't want, 
you know, justice for all women, you know, meaning black women, uh, brown women, red women, yellow women, just just non-white women. They want to share the power with white men. Let me say that again. They don't want to share, you know, this revolution with non-white women. This is all about turning patriarchy into an equal system of power under racism, white supremacy. That's what it breaks down to. That's what the fuck this breaks down to. This is why you see all these women out here stomping and wearing these pussy hats and all this other shit. They want to share that power. That's what it is. And uh, there's a great book about it. I talk about this all the time called White Women's Rights that basically breaks that down. When uh, white men were getting ready to give black men the right to vote, uh, Susan B. Anthony and her gang gang were adamantly against it uh, to the utmost degree saying how inferior we're, uh, black men were and didn't know what how to use their vote correctly and shit like that and it's like give us the power and let us rule with you and rule over these non-whites <coughs> I keep on coughing excuse me that's what it breaks down to that's why you see all of this this uh this this white feminism uh this rage and you know with the this brett kavanaugh cat and um all this shit and you know what's crazy white women fell right in line fell right in line majority of white women fell right on in line to uh, make sure that he uh you know got that seat fell right on in line with racism white supremacy and you're like well how is brett kavanaugh kavanaugh racist do you guys not remember doing those uh hearings that very first day they had they placed some woman i forgot her name but all she was doing was back there throwing up that okay symbol just left and right just to let people know oh this is our guy this is white power right here and she looked like she was half something you know she was mixed with something but she identifies as white and that's all she was doing, just positioning her hands in different ways, throwing up that white power symbol. But nobody called it out. The brother uh, Tariq pointed it out, and a couple of other folks uh, were pointing it out too. But nobody said anything about the main in the mainstream media because it's just like, oh, just just let it go. We don't care about that. You know, we're we're you know the main uh, tool to uphold this system. You know what I'm saying? The media is. That's how the media works. It's basically let's criminalize non whites specifically black folks show them as the boogeyman and then let's keep this school to prison pipeline going and you know keep on showing black folks in a negative light over and over and over and over again in every form of entertainment from the news to movies uh to uh you know uh your local print ads uh or your newspapers i should say to your magazines right you know even national geographic uh you know uh dwelled in this and dwelled in it and dived into this and uh you know it was you know i talked about that a oh shit about 40 50 episodes ago about how they uh just showed uh you know darker skinned folks of the world as savages and sexualized the women in different areas um you know and tried to pawn it off as being you know showing code different cultures and things like that right and you know so you keep playing these images over and over and over and keep relaying this message about you know uh, blacks are this percentage of the country but commit this many murders and crimes and things like that but they never talk about how you know 
white folks are arrested more but they're just released more you know because that judge can see the humanity in that person but they're not seeing the humanity in black folks because of the propaganda machine that's going on right now bringing us back to this brother with them two white kids right and so this this white woman saw this brother with these two white kids and she thought oh he is out here he's a pimp he's about to pimp these little kids out into some sex trafficking ring there's some bullshit like that just because of the images that this woman have seen over and over and what she's learned from uh, her parents and uh, from those in her uh, social circles. You know what I'm saying? But that's just what it breaks down to. And then just going back to this whole Bette Miller thing, her holding the L, this whole thing just breaks down to white women trying to share that power with the white man. That's what it, that's what it boils down to. I just feel like we seeing a, a rise of... You know, so much of these uh, white feminists coming out the woodworks because they're they're saying, hey, I, we can help you, you know, hold on to, you know, this dying uh, society that you ruled over, you know, meaning the society of, uh, you know, white dominance, the whole this whole era, you know, and it's coming down in fucking 20 years. Majority of the people in the, the United States are going to be darker skinned that's that's a tough pill to swallow because you created this whole system and you just and you 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 can't uphold it so you're trying to create like an elite group and uh you know an apartheid state you know to rule over the many dark folks but it's just not happening there's an uh, awakening among every single non-white person here most of these groups are calling out the coons in their groups shunning them away but we have to be we have to watch out for the fox we know what the wolf look like that's why you're seeing so much resistance because you can see you know that wolf right in front of you you know that it's a fucking wolf but you have to look at people like bet miller like the fucking the foxes that they are who have the audacity to say that she's she's a nigger that she's a nigger that's what she is she's a nigger she is out here she didn't you know her people didn't had you know didn't had a whole society built on her built on their backs you know they dealt with jim crow segregation and you know all this other shit not to take away anything that's happening to women uh but white women you are far from a black person you are especially a black woman you are far from it far from it very far from it i know you deal with um certain things but being a woman uh you know uh we do have to get rid of this rape culture and you know looking at women inferior but you are nowhere near a black woman you are nowhere near you know dealing with the shit that black women have to deal with nowhere near it nowhere near it there's a video uh, floating around uh uh black twitter and you know black spaces on social media um that's talking about this indian guy talking about what we've been knowing for years about how doctors don't believe black women when they're in pain when they go to the hospital they think that they can they think that black women are lying and that black women can withstand uh you know can uh deal with pain a lot uh better than other groups so they don't give them meds and they don't give them uh you know specific treatments you know to numb the pain or to help uh get rid of the pain they just don't believe them But with uh, the point that I wanted to make about this liberal racism, what it looks like is looks like them 
you know, trying to be an ally. We have this whole thing called allyship going on. And, you know, uh, these these liberals want to be allies, but they have to be the face of the organization or they have to get a designated coon to be uh, the face of the movement. That's why you see uh, DeRay McKesson out here in that goddamn blue vest going on his book tour, talking about all the shit he done in Ferguson. And people are calling him out who had actually had legs on the ground, calling him out, you know, at these different uh, book events, you know, that he's holding and just calling him out like, no, you weren't there. You didn't do this, that or the third. All you did was tweet and take some pictures. That's all that you did. So that's what that looks like. That's what liberal racism looks like. It looks like basically coming into a grassroots movement, saying that you could help, and then the grassroots movement trusting this uh, liberal, this so-called liberal, and then they become the face of it, and then it gets whitewashed, and then there's no progress. That's what it looks like. You know, it's real slick. It's real slow. And before you know it, the jig is already up. Like right now, we have a situation where um, this could be trolling, but I see a bunch of old white women jumping on this trend. They're talking about taking a knee for women, talking about every girl and every woman and girl should take a knee at the next sporting event. Where'd they get that idea from? Help me the fuck out. Where'd they get that idea from? This is them whitewashing a movement, co-opting a movement and changing the narrative. This is what this is. Remember, they told us that taking a knee was about the flag. It never was about the flag. It was about bringing attention to racial injustice. It has always been that. And shout out to that brother Eric Reed who got signed with the Panthers, and he's still taking a knee. You know, he was right there with Cap taking a knee. And, uh, you know, they, the Carolina Panthers, you know, they just like, yo, we need a good player. We got him. Let him do his thing. So salute to that. So now we're seeing that trending as far as women take a knee and take a knee for women. You have to find a different way to protest. You really do. Because this ain't it, Chief. That ain't it. That ain't how it works. Um, You know, but this is another case of liberal racism. Just like, hey, let me hop on this wave and let me sanitize it. You know, let me hop on this wave, dilute it. And so it doesn't mean what it, what the fuck it was supposed to mean anyway. That's what it's about. You know, so you have to be careful dealing with a fox. Because, you know, you can see a wolf coming from a mile away. You know a wolf was a wolf. And that's a big motherfucker. But that fox, that's a pretty bitch. A fox is a pretty bitch. But a fox still got teeth. Still got them canines. It's still part of the canine family. But before you know it, it already got your throat. All right? So Bette Miller... And this so-called um, liberal bigots out here, y'all gotta hold this L. You win. Perfect. All right, so moving on to not all heroes wear capes. We have to give it to Kanye West for having the courage and the gall to sit down with our president of the United States and letting our president know that you know it's not guns that are killing people it's illegal guns right and um you know he's just showing some uh he's in his superhero moment right now you know just letting you know president trump know uh you know that 
we're behind him. I'm just playing with you. I'm just fucking with y'all. <laughs> Did y'all see that bullshit ass? Uh, you know, I thought my man's was turning a new leaf when he did that interview in Chicago, and he apologized for his slavery comments, and he also got a went back to uh, you know having a black manager. So you know, I thought this was on him being on the up and up, and then he was on uh, Instagram doing his thing, you know, hanging out with people and uh, you know getting back with his old crew and shit like that. Then all of a sudden, he deleted his Instagram. And now he's he's at the White House on that train, you know, with a first class ticket on that coon train. And I'm just trying to figure out, you know, I know he deleted his Instagram because of that, because he knew the comments was about to light his ass up. People were going to light him up in his comments, you know, and uh, Kanye, he ain't that crazy. You know, he went into that White House wearing that that MAGA hat, but he also popped up at an Apple store in D.C. and he didn't have that damn red hat on because he didn't have that much security with him so Kanye is crazy fake crazy for the cameras he ain't that damn crazy because if you that damn crazy you'd be out on the streets wearing that goddamn hat you know hooting and hollering and shit like that but you know Kanye didn't want to get his ass whooped by some of them DC folks he didn't want to be in Chocolate City running around here cooning it up and then you know get get fucking stumped out in some phone posits that's what, that's what my, my DMV people be out there rocking tough. Y'all love some goddamn foams, boy. But uh, for real, though, for not all heroes wear capes, uh, I thought this was the dopest shit ever. Um, Banksy did it again. Um, I know his last stunt was back in, like, 2013 where they garnered some attention when he was selling original artwork on the street for, like, 60 bucks. If you don't know who Banksy is, he's a he's a British artist, like, street artist, and he's, he, he's best known for that painting of that girl with the red heart or whatever, um, the little um, the balloon heart or whatever. Um, it was just, uh, and she's like letting it go. It's like flying away and shit like that. And she's in black and white, and that's the red heart is the only thing that's in color. And so at the, um, I know y'all don't give a fuck about art, but it's just called Girl with the Balloon, and it was uh, sold at the um, the auction house in London, the uh, so- Sotheby's uh, uh, auction house, London auction house for 1.4 million. And what's crazy is, if y'all follow him on IG, um, the frame that the actual picture was in, once the uh, the guy hit the gavel, you know, you know, hit the hammer, hit the gavel, you know, down on the uh, thing to say sold, uh, the frame for the picture with the girl with the balloon, the uh, picture he made, it started self-shredding, like somebody hit a button. He probably was there, nobody seen his face, and he, so he could pretty much hide in plain sight. But somebody somewhere hit a button and the thing just started self-shredding. And this damn picture sold for what was it, one and a half million? One point four million dollars. And the shit just started shredding itself. That's crazy as fuck. And you know what? People were like freaking out and shit, but you know the art world is just full of lunatics, right? It's just weird shit, you know, weirdo ass people. And that reminds me of that Sasha Baron Cohen show that's on uh, Showtime now. I forgot the name of it, but uh, he was posing as an ex-convict and he went to an art house um, somewhere and he was talking with this woman and he was, you know, saying that he makes paintings with his shit and his semen. 
and the woman was just like oh this is fascinating he was trying to hang up some of his artwork there and she was just eating the shit up and then uh he told her you know could he get some of her pubic hairs to make a, a a new masterpiece or some shit like this and do you know this woman went into the bathroom and plucked out some pubes for him that is fucking wild but that's how nutty the art world is so now um the woman who actually you know won the uh, picture in the auction who paid 1.4 million she was talking about she was freaking out but then she started thinking like oh this is the first time we ever seen new artwork being created you know in an auction house as it's been sold so it's turned into a new piece so now they're calling it um uh they're calling it love is in the bin and this is from pest control which is banksy's uh often uh uh, the uh, authentifiers or whatever that uh, the authentication uh, body uh, company that he works for or whatever that works for him and they they run it with this name love is in the bin but art is just fucking nutty as shit I, lo I love going to museums though and seeing artwork and shit like that so I just figured that's why I put them in not, not all heroes wear capes because I just thought that was just the dopest shit you know you think you about to get this iconic painting and then it's just as soon as the gavel hits that shit just starts self-shredding and everybody's in there all these fucking art snobs are just you know losing their fucking minds and this guy really just doesn't give two shits and he's just like eh you know the creator's just like eh but you know the art world is so fucking nutty it's just like oh this is a new piece of art I just didn't waste 1.4 million and since the art world is that goddamn nutty this thing probably doubled in price just off of that you know off of his self shredding you know and he was there to record it too but nobody's ever seen this this man's face but i just thought that was dope and you guys have to remember i'm gonna give y'all some game about art and why it'd be going for so much it's not the actual like when you're looking at paintings and stuff like that like sometimes you just see splatters on the thing you like just don't look like shit and this is worth how much you know it could be worth like thirty thousand dollars or some shit like that if you're like a local art house or something like that it's never about the actual art itself it's how it makes you feel when you look at it that is what art is that's what it breaks down to what feelings does it bring out of you so it's never about like some pictures you see some paintings you see like oh this is very realistic and shit like that but like abstract art and just stuff that you just can't understand it's all about the feelings you know it could be you know some weird like broad brush strokes or some very sharp ones and it's just in a, a, a crazy pattern and it's just like oh the this makes me feel angry or excited or something like that so it's always about a feeling when it boils down to artwork and once you start going into that high-end shit and them rare pieces and shit like that so that's just a little bit of art game for y'all it's never about how it looks it's always how it makes uh you feel okay but not all heroes wear capes you know some of them are crazy enough to destroy you know their own artwork and shout out to banksy for just doing it again uh, that'd be dope if you like teamed with um nike or adidas and drop some kind of line of sneakers but we wouldn't see that happen but i thought you'd think that would be fucking dope but anyways shout out to banksy not all heroes wear capes all right so moving on to the last segment of the show health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth so this quote comes from gertrude stein it's a very easy quote uh we kind of overlook it um 
overlook our common sense a lot, we do. So this quote goes like this. Everybody gets so much information all day long that they lose their common sense. Okay. Um, just watching that uh, Kanye West uh, interview or his sit down with the Cheeto in chief just let me know uh, how much common sense that both of these men lack. Right. And um, so it just got me to think and I need to find some common sense quotes for the uh, podcast. And, um, you know, we get fed so much information online all goddamn day. Uh, there's news articles coming at us. There are people with memes. There are, you know, uh, you know, videos, audio is just always coming at you so much. You're being fed constantly information left and right. And you just, you know, you kind of just fall out the loop sometimes. You do. You forget what you were doing. Um, you know, you kind of lose yourself a little bit if you get so wrapped up in this digital world. So I want you guys to just read a book. Like, honestly, just sit down and read an old school book. Just an old fashioned book. Try to unplug. And I know if you guys got a couple days off in a row, use that second day to just kind of unplug and just kind of take care of yourself and get back to knowing yourself and have a conversation with yourself you know what i'm saying just sit down crack open a book that's to your liking you know just knock out you know you know let's say five to seven chapters or just peace and you know just kind of leave your phone or your tablet or your laptop or your MacBook, whatever you have, just leave it in a different room of the house. Just leave it in a different room, you know, leave it in the basement or something. Just kind of unplug because, you know, a lot of times um, the most dangerous thing that can happen is groupthink on some fuckery. And you see that a lot uh, on social media. You see people co-signing some bullshit um, because they don't want to be left out and they're agreeing with people who have more followers than them and shit like that and they don't want to get that that person that has a lot of followers they don't want the minions to come and attack them so you have this dangerous group thing you know people always make these long drawn out threads on twitter about uh what's going on in the world and shit like that and you know and you and you 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 start thinking one way on social media but then you realize the real world ain't nothing like social media it is not this big ass group think um you know bullshit non-stop fluff piece the the world is a cold and hard place the the world don't give a fuck about your feelings and you gotta be a tough motherfucker to really make it in this world in the real world you know so and i'm saying this more geared towards my younger folks stop with that group think shit you know going along to get along with folks you know if it don't align with your morals you know and what your folks taught you and what you've learned on your own and learn on your own make mistakes please but it's just there's so much group think going on right now that there's not any common sense going on right now and that's what we're seeing with kanye west right now he's trying to be he's trying to show that he's a genius outside of music and it's just like no stay in your lane you know there's no common sense there he he wants to be
be like the outlier you know uh he thinks that he's giving us all these facts and all this other shit and he's just you know trying to say that you know that maga had his is his superman cape and all this other bullshit and uh it's just like no you just want to be aligned with you know the um the crown jewel of racism white supremacy which is that big ass house on pennsylvania avenue you know what i'm saying and it's just like how do you go from speaking about george bush doesn't care about you know black folks to wearing a a hat that's synonymous with clan members you know what i'm saying so it's just weird to me you know that this man wants to run around here and parade himself like he's a genius but he doesn't have any common sense no common sense at all and it's very dangerous what he's doing he doesn't realize the position that he is in and how influential he is you know he has everybody out here rocking dad sneakers and shit like that and uh you know and he's just going around here now he's trying to blame it on his mental illness you know once people call him out for that and he's being stumped by the the simplest of questions you know and my fear is people are going to start following in his footsteps and you know just doing shit for attention and what y'all calling it now is clout chasing and that's where that group think comes in that sheep mentality of doing outrageous shit for views and likes but that don't equal dollars though you know what i'm saying you just i seen a nigga he put some toothbrush he put some no he put some toothpaste on a tooth on a hairbrush and he was talking about two birds two birds one stone or uh, multitasking or some shit like that and the nigga started brushing his teeth with the hairbrush and then he started brushing his hair afterwards you, you know and it's just like that that is crackhead behavior you know what i'm saying you just doing that you know so your phone to keep pinging like are you addicted you know to the alerts on your phone like what is going on here you know so that's why it's so important for you to kind of unplug and then just come back you know if you, uh, you know a day later or something and you will just realize how silly and how you know a lot of these folks who are leading this group thing really don't have a life their life is on social media outside of that they live some very sad lives because like i said you know the world is a cold place it is a cold world out there you got to learn how to deal with it you have to be tough enough to deal with it you know but so we create these false safe spaces online and you know and you start putting out your problematic views and you got a few thousand uh followers and they start you know thinking that that shit is and then they go out into the real world and it's just like oh shit this is nothing like they said it was gonna be online adulting sucks and blah 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 no you just gotta be a tough motherfucker that's all it is you know and you gotta have some common sense to make it somewhere in this damn world but that has been episode 130 i feel like that was a g code instead of you know a health over wealth but you know that has been episode 139 of do rags and boat shoes um you know as always i love y'all and we're still uh, continuing with the g code series like i said we're winding down so just stay tuned for another episode of the g code i love y'all and stay right there god damn it
Welcome to the G Code. All right, thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely intro, and shout out to myself for another G Code. So, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is just now coming back, so y'all just bear with me. Um, this G Code lesson is pretty simple. All right, it says the loudest one in the room is the weakest. So you need to listen more than you speak. You don't know everything, right? So that's one of the traits that I kind of pride myself on. I know how to shut up and listen. Um, you know, if I'm in a room full of people that I don't know, you know, I ask some people's uh, questions, you know, to gauge them and to see where they're coming from and to gain an understanding of them when I'm having a conversation with them and to see if I can learn something. You know, it also builds trust. You know, that's one of the main benefits of being a good listener you know, problems are solved faster, which also improves your productivity. You know, have you ever, you know, for instance, have you ever had an argument, <clears throat> you know, with your partner and, you know, y'all both just trying to win that argument and you're not trying to solve the issue at hand, you know, so y'all just end up saying things that you don't mean and then you taking it, you end up taking it too far and then that just fucks up your relationship and trust just kind of goes out the window. You know, if you stoop too low on that argument, you know, you say some shit you don't mean, but you say it out of anger and you're just trying to win that goddamn argument. So, you know, now if you was listening and kind of sifting through that pain, you know, you could um, you could hear what the issue at hand was. You can empathize and you can work towards a solution. And that's just the benefit. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of sift through that pain. You know, if your lady shouting at you and things like that, you try to empathize and just hear her out. And then you can just start working towards a solution if that is the problem. Sometimes your lady just needs to vent and you just need to shut the fuck up and listen. All right. And uh, let's see here. Um, another benefit of being a good listener is you make fewer mistakes. And I'm not talking about just following directions, you know, when you're making something or you're building something. Um, I'm talking about life mistakes. You know, you can listen to your auntie and uncle that's been married for over 30 years. You know, you can listen to your grandmama on raising kids because, you know, she she raised your daddy. She raised your mama and they did a pretty, pretty decent job. And you can listen to your parents, too. You know what I'm saying? And you also can, you know, for my fellas out here, you know, who don't have a pops or an older uncle or big cousins and things like that. You can listen to that OG, you know, that's been in the joint, you know, for dealing with that hand to hand money. Because you can learn a lot from older people and those that are on the level that you aspire to be in. You also can learn from other people's mistakes, too. You know, a lot of times we see a person shining and doing well, and we immediately start hating. And I'm not just limiting this to black society, because a lot of times people say that. But, you know, in this internet, social media age, you look at the comments and it's miserable people, you know, hating on those that are living their best life. I mean, you can look at somebody's IG page like let me give you an example. There's this uh, beautiful sister uh, named Tabria Major. She's a plus size model. Beautiful, beautiful young lady. And she um, she snagged a gig with uh, Sports Illustrated. She was in the swimsuit edition. Um, nice full figured sister. And um you know, uh, once she got that, she announced that she got the SI swimsuit gig. Folks were in her comments, you know, shitting on her left and right. And it was just disgusting. And it was people of all colors, too. And then you can also check out, you know, another example would be, you know, you can check out a guy that went from rags to riches, like an athlete or a rapper or just some kind of guy who, you know, 
uh, ended up, you know, hitting it big, you know, creating something or just coming, you know, from nothing to something, you know, and it's just full of folks hating. You know, you look at that entrepreneur's uh, Facebook page and, you know, it's like a great motivational speech telling you, you know, to crush the day and, you know, just go after your goals and dreams and shit like that. And it's just folks just full of just hating, you know, instead of watching these people's moves and asking questions on how they got to the top of their profession. You know, it's just, you know, it's just them hating. It's disgusting. And some of these folks just want attention and your time, you know, because they're miserable, you know, so don't become a hater. Don't ever become a hater. And the list, the lesson here is always listen, learn, and level up. That's it. I'm not going to go on no long rant or nothing like that. End of the day, what you need to do is listen, learn, and level up. And you level up by applying what you learned from listening. All right? So that's been this G-Code episode. And I will catch y'all next week. And you know I love y'all, as always. All right? One.